70,000 people in Johannesburg just screaming and booing at you. And seriously, bro, it's like you've got 23 guys in your, in your team. Yeah. You've got the management and coaches on the sideline, and that's all that you have there. Ah, um, so... Airline Park, you will see an absolute sea of red, a sellout crowd for the Super Rugby Final of 2017. Yo, Benny, what's up, mate? What's up, brother? What's happening? Not much, bro. Just uh, finish your training in isolation, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just get yeah. used to it now. Pretty crazy down there. It is, mate. It's um, the weather that's been not too bad, but um. Yeah. Yeah, like everybody, bro, it's just fucking boring, so... Yeah. Shit, man. You guys got a pretty good setup, though, eh? No, it's really good. We've got a um, a good isolation gym that the Crusader boys sorted out, and, yeah, we've got enough to, to keep us sane, bro. That's so, bad, bro. Um, yeah. Run us through it, bro. What's what's a day in, in the life of Bryn Hall and, and ISO? <laughs> uh, to be honest, bro, I try to keep a, um, a pretty good structure, man, so mm. I'll just try and wake up, whether that be 9 or 10, and then smash out a... Our sessions whether that be running gym or prehab or anything like that and then um, at the moment bro i'm playing my old man in chess so i call him uh, call him once a day and um we do a bit of virtual facetime and on the old um on the old chess board so that? yeah it consumes about two and a half hours of my day bro so <laughs> i've uh i've lost about seven or eight on the on the trot he's uh he's got a bit more experience in that so it's a good challenge for me bro during the isolation period and that's pretty much all. That's pretty much it, bro. Is it, like a, is it like a um like a virtual chess or like you play on a chess no, and they move it? Very similar to this. Um, just you get a FaceTime call, Skype call, and then if you think around like uh, Harry Potter and when they did the first the first one, they call like E six and D seven oh, move yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. So it's exactly the same. So <laughs> man, we do bro. that once once a day, man. Connect with the old man, which is always nice. That's good, bro. That's good. Um, you just want to introduce yourself for those who might not know you. Yeah, bro. Uh, my name's Bryn Hall. Uh, currently playing for the Crusaders in North Harbour. Uh, went to school in St. Peter's College. That's where I went to school. And I uh, have a twin brother and I have a mum and dad as well. So that's just a bit about me if you don't know me. Um, so obviously you play footy. Just mentioned that. Um, your journey to Super, bro. What was that like? So obviously you had a couple bumps on the way. Um couple injuries and stuff but obviously yep. where you are today and you just want to run us through that a little bit yeah mate i um yeah it seems pretty long now it seems like we're young you young boys are coming through the system now mate so i'm a little bit of a quarter at the moment um but no it started, started off i guess it kind of started at st peter's and went through the grade system there and went through the new zealand schools under 20s program and went to north harbour and got an opportunity to play my team cup early on just after the new zealand 20s and went to the blues for four years and now I'm with Crusaders, the last one was coming up to my fourth year. So it's been a bit of a journey, my bro. That's um, you know, one I've thoroughly enjoyed and there's been a lot of a lot of learnings on the way and a um, a lot of different times in my career. So you, you um you played for the Blues first year? Yeah. Um debuted Crusaders? Yeah. Against the Crusaders? I did, bro. Yeah, I did. Um, I did. So how old were you then? What, twenty one? I just turned I just turned twenty one. Yeah, oh, I yeah. just turned twenty one. I made the New Zealand twenties and then was fortunate enough to to get signed up by the Blues and played my first year there, so yeah, it was good. It was a good night, bro. It was a really good night. We had about 30, 35,000 people there, and yeah, playing against like the likes of Dan Carter, Richie McCaw, and all those kind of boys. It was um, yeah, it was a real surreal feeling, especially with a club that I'd grown up with and wanted to wanted to play for. Yeah, yeah. So run us through that. Can you can you remember the day? Can you remember the coming on and all that sort of shit? I do, man. I remember. I was pretty nervous because. 
I think when you obviously when we're younger, you play first fifteen, it's two thirty games, and you're not kind of used to the the seven thirty starts. So I still acclimatising to that, and my brother was playing for Northcote um, that day, so just trying to get as much time as I could away from footy, and went to Blake's game and and watched the game, and then went to Eden Park, and right, it's pretty awesome, like running out and even for the warm up, just soaking it all in, mm-hmm. seeing across the across the the field like. Dan Carr, Andy Ellis, Richard Wynn, I've seen all those boys and just warming up and I'm just like, geez, wasn't too long ago I was running out the cage. Yeah, you know? so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we ended up winning that night and you know, for me, I think I played maybe 20 odd minutes and Paddy Weepoo was the half deck at the time and that bro was just an unbelievable experience. I think you know, being an Auckland boy at the time and, um, you know, supporting, you know, Carlos Spencer, Fusatunu and all those boys growing up to, to run on the same field that they did, um, you know, it was bloody awesome. I remember to this day. Pity, bro, that, that wouldn't have been a bad man to learn off, eh? Oh, mate, he was, oh, you know, his halfback, bro. Mm. Been able to learn off someone that has so much knowledge. And for me, coming out of school, just tried to learn as much as I could and got the opportunity to play with him for two years. And his ability to hit his game management to this day is one of the um, the smartest halfbacks I've ever been able mm. to, to learn off. So just his understanding of the game and trying to open up your eyes around, just not around passing a ball and kicking a ball, it's trying to manipulate and all yeah, that kind of stuff yeah. you need to know at that level so I love my time with Pal and I'm still really good friends with him today Mean bro um, so yeah you, you played for the Blues then you switched over jumped over to the Satyrs yeah um, what was the what do you reckon the biggest so you know like us us in footy we know like it's it's pretty common where people talk about the culture down at the Satyrs yep. Um and just that winning culture, just what they've got down there, some sort of recipe that's fucking killing it every year. Um, what did you find, like the biggest sort of difference in environment, environment-wise, culture-wise, yep. from the Blues to the Satyrs? It's a good question, bro. I think, um, I think you know, a lot of teams, whether that be you're at the Blues, Crusaders, Chiefs, or whoever you're at, you know, the amount of work and you do with, with trainings and that is, is pretty much the same, and you know, you're working hard, but. For me, the biggest thing that, that I crave and I think the biggest thing that I noticed was just the attention to detail and everything that they do, whether that be gameplay, um, sessions that you have, your scheduling and the professionalism that they have. It's mm. run like a um, like a clog on a wheel. You just keep going and going. So for me, who craves attention to detail and questioning why we do things and what needs to be done, what's the reason why we're doing this, mate, I got that and everything I needed down there. So. It's not to say it wasn't there at the Blues, but I think collectively there's probably, well, I look at our back unit, for example, just everybody on the same page and having an understanding of the game and being able to help you out with with skills and, I guess, that game management that I was talking about with Pity. Mm. Um, it's really good down there. So mm. I think when you're having that on an everyday basis, every day, every week, every training, every game, you just become a better player. So I think that's the biggest difference that I had um, had down there and probably the coaches as well. Their level of detail as well as as world class. So for me, who who loves that and um, wants to have, be a sponge and learn everything, it just helped me. Helped me, and really, that was pretty much what I loved. Yeah, both. So obviously, like you, Drummy, Eddie, you're all yep. quality nines, bro. Like push your case where you could probably start at most um, most franchises. What keeps you all there? You know, like what? There's obviously you and you and Drummy have had a little gig with, with the ABs where you know like you've been in around the environment anyway. Yep. Um and you're both at one super franchise 
and then you've got Eddie, which is another quality nine. Like, yep. it's got to be something that keeps you all there. It's good. It's a good question. It's a good question. I think for me personally, bro, I think um, the ability to learn consistently, get better, mm. and winning games is is just it just gets the biggest driving factor for me. And I presume it'd be the same for for Drummy and Eddie as well. And I, I think Drummy with being down in that region and supporting the the Crusaders, I think it's a big reason for him to stay. And mm. I think it's no different for Eddie. A very similar path to me coming from um, not out of Christchurch, coming from out of Christchurch. But mm. when you've got a, a system where you're winning, you're getting better, you're challenging everybody, and you enjoy the players that you're with, it's hard to leave. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I guess you don't see many many teams that have the same group of players together but I think with our team if you're in our squad you don't tend to go to different other places unless you're, you're forced out so mm. um, it's competitive though it's like you said you've got three quality nines and for us if, you're, if you don't train well you're probably not going to play so mm. having that kind of mindset yeah, it sets, you, it sets yourself up and you guys got a few like young guns in now obviously like Cullen um, mm. or TC he's Tom Christie's been around a bit. You're flatting with him, yeah. eh? Yeah, I have. Yeah, bro. He, I, I'm actually flat with him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flat so, with yeah. Um, so he's obviously been in and around it. Um, mm. like, you know, Sione, Havili, um, Dow, McLeod. Yep. They, like, what's it like having, you know, because it's not usual to have, well, personally seeing it, I haven't found that it's quite often you see a lot of young players in a Crusaders team. Yep. Um, this would be one of the younger teams you've seen, but, Fuck, none of them look out of place. So what's yeah. what's going on down there? What he's doing to them? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a good question. Bro. A lot of people ask that. Eh? Um, I think, like you said, traditionally, I'd probably say the last decade, you would have had the same names that you've you always hear. So whether it be the Todds, the the Ritos, the uh, the White Locks, and Franks and those kind of names. So with them moving on, like you said, the younger generation, I guess, are coming. So and it's a new the new Crusaders, a new Crusader way. Mm. Um, but I think what they do really well down here is the academy system that they have. Mm. When you make the Crusader Academy, well, I know even like before the group that have come in now, like TC and Dow and all those boys and Ferg and Will on that, it was the guys before them, even like Braden and those kind of boys yeah. that were coming through the system. They came in the academy. They were apprentices that came through the system. They were given a taste through the academy. So when they come into the, to the squad, most of them usually get named pretty much one or two years or after that 20 system. Mm. And because they've been around the environment, trained with us for, for two years, that jump is just isn't a big jump for them anymore. So Dallas mm. has been with us for, even though he's contracted this year, his first year, he was with us when he was 18. He's playing his name, Dallas McLeod. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's playing Nani La Marque in his first, in his first game in preseason, and he's 18, you know? So yeah. they just become really prepared, and um, I guess it's a, it's a, um, it's great for our environment because, you know, the last thing you want is a young guy coming in and you know feeling uncomfortable and not playing well and his confidence not going well. So I think they do that really well. And you, like you said, bro, the, the, you don't see them. You don't see a massive jump, and they just fit in straight, straight in, straight away. Mm. Hey, I've, I've sort of, um, I've always noticed, bro, that and like you said with Braden, because obviously I went to school with Braden. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he was a fuck. He was a gun out of school. He's coming out of school. Everyone's like, yeah, this is this guy's going to be the next big thing. Then, yep. Um, first year out of school I don't think he played might of 10 um, and you're like oh what's going on you think what's going on but down down in Christchurch and you know 
in the system down there it's kind of like how they do it they sort of bleed you in eh? and you yep. kind of like you bide your time and it's sort of when you're ready and it's not like yep. you think that all the best players are going to come out of school and play minor 10 straight away and that's not really the case especially yep. down where you are yeah yeah it is like yeah you see a lot of you know i think it's I think the first 15 rugby is great. It's a great advertisement, and a lot of mm. kids have been able to have um, great opportunities to go in academies, minor 10 cup, or even league at the time, down to 20s and that. But I think when you do come down here, you you earn your stripes, which mm. is which is great. And you know, I think Braden, or even all the young boys that come in, if they go to any other any other club uh, or province, they'll be playing minor 10 cup straight away, yeah. whether they're ready or not. Who knows? But mm. you know, they probably would be. But I think down here, they've just got a really good process around. Yep, Andrew. academy. If you if you're not getting injuries, you can jump up. They train with the mighty ten cup squad, so it just comes back to that development. I think they just mm. do it really well, and when they do get the opportunity, they're just ready to go. And you know, like you see, Cully, mm. Cullen Grace, he's been in around two years possibly with the mighty ten, and then with us for a year last year. Mm. Comes in and you know, seems like he's been playing for the last three or four years. Yeah, he's fuck, he's doing good, bro. Um, man, he's mad that kid. <laughs> mad. Um, so. You played twenties twenty twelve, is it? Twenty twelve. Yeah. Um, you captained or you co-captained? Yeah, yeah co-captain. Yep. What was that like? It was an awesome. Wearing a fern and being a yeah. captain, that must be something. It was. It was at the time. I think. Um, really lucky in that process around going. You go from New Zealand schools, and then you know a lot of the players that come through that New Zealand twenty system. Of course, you get the new boys, the new guys that come in, but. I don't know, I think it was just a lot easier to um, to connect with the guys and a lot of that majority of that squad were in that squad. So it was just easy to really connect. And um, you yeah, when given the opportunity to, to captain your nation, it's um, a pretty special and surreal moment. And the fact that I was co-captain with a really good mate at the time, Jake Heenan, who um, we flattered together and had goals together. So to be able to do that with him and do that in a pretty rugby-mad country, it was, a, it was an awesome experience. Actually, you lived together at the time. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We went through we went through the Auckland Academy system together, and yeah, we trained and did everything together. And then, yeah, we ended up going through the same system, so we were living together. And yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, couldn't write it better. Yeah, hard. Um, your your technique, bro. Your passing technique, the extra emphasis and the and the follow through, bro. That's that's a very famous passing technique now. The Bryn Hall technique. Is it? Is it? Is it? Um, is it something that happens naturally? Is it something you think helps, or yeah, um, where does it come from? You know, like does it help you think? I think now it does because it's so ingrained into my my yeah. passing technique yeah. now. Like 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 you said, it's over exaggerated. But yeah. I think for me, when I really started to learn it was probably my New Zealand under 17s campaign. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Smith Wayne Smith came down and came as a resources coach, and like you know, you bro, when you go to New Zealand 20s and whatever programs like that. Um, they have a lot of resource coaches and at the time Wayne Smith came in and really introduced that punch pass technique and mm-hmm. whether it be from your hip or from the ground just really over exaggerating that pass and I guess I just took it to the nth degree bro and yep. did it at school always <laughs> over exaggerating it and like you said um, you used to always get um, a bit of shit for it but I think it just added to it and yeah bro it's just kind of just come custom to my passing now and I think it really does help me I think when I yeah. kind of shy away from it and it's not going to where I need it to that's when you'll see the inconsistency in my pass so yeah, it looks a bit um, looks a bit funny, but yeah, it works it works for me in the moment. That's cool, bro. Yeah, no, I rate that. Um, so I talked about it before. You you had a couple injuries or whatever um, mm. throughout your career. What what do you reckon your biggest setback was, and sort of how you 
how you dealt with it? Ooh, that's a good question, eh? I'd probably say, I'd probably say in 2013 and yeah, 2013, I had two two massive injuries, mm. two yeah. different ones though. So I broke my jaw, which was which was tough, but the the recovery time wasn't too bad. It was only like six weeks, so you could still lift ten, you could still run and that. But I think the glandular fever after that, I just recovered from having a broken jaw, and then I got glandular fever. Oh, and then that knocked me out for about eight to twelve weeks, and so all my size, all my fitness, and everything just went. Um, Start from scratch. Exactly. So, you know, a half day who prides himself on trying to be fit and mm-hmm. being able to run everywhere, it was yeah, it was pretty demanding, and it was actually really good. I had a pretty good solution around it. I think I ended up playing instead of playing half back, I went back to play club, and this was before my ten cup, and just went to go play ten. So I used to play a lot of ten at school and. Mm. For me, playing 10 and just getting my fitness back that way, but still being able to, to kick, run, pass, and being able to do that kind of skill set, I think it just, yeah, it helped me a lot, coming back a lot quicker. Yeah, mean, bro. Um, and then you played not that long ago, was it last year, the Barbars? Yep, yep. What was that like? That, that looked bad, like it looked mean. Well, runs through it, like how, how does it work as well? Because I don't really know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's an invitation, so you get... You're not, you're not selected for the team, you get invited. So um, I think, well, Warren Gatlin was the coach and Bryn Gatlin was going to go play for his old man that, that last that last game. And me, Bruno, Shooter and oh, Sean Stevenson and Matt Duffy were just like, mate, if there's ever time for you to be a good friend to us and set us up with the Barbars gig, I think it's the time here, Bruno. So he um, chipped away at Warren and then we got a message that we'd, we'd been um, invited to the... Oh, to, how good. ...to, to do it, so... It's a it's a good little pay package as well, bro. You get it in a nice little envelope, which is which is always good. Oh. And the week itself, it's I think we've fallen into the trap now that it's very very professional and very serious, mm. which is which it should be because it's a professional sport and we get paid to do that. But the bar bars is more of a I'd probably say more like a club kind of setup. So it's what it's known for, eh? It's like the, it is. the cool it is. tries and the different sort of shit going it on is. on the field. Like rugby's an important part, but I think it's secondary. The the first thing and first and foremost thing is to have connections with other people and been able to um, been able to have new bonds and understanding of people from everywhere across the world. So you've got South Africans, Argentinians, Japanese, Australians, Kiwis, all of them coming together and you're playing in a, a test match. But you know you have a few you have a few lemonades during the mm. during the week and um, you don't get a lot of sleep on some nights. So have to have to. Yeah, but I think to be honest, for me it was it was just an awesome experience being able to. Um, I guess go back to what it really feels like of just playing like like a club rugby game and not being as serious and really just going out and just expressing yourself and having a pretty good time. So we definitely had a good time. Yeah, yeah that's cool, bro. <laughs> um, the, obviously, I mentioned before the the ABs sort of thing. Um, so you you went over with them for a bit, didn't yep. play their way. Um, yeah, remember getting the call? Yeah. Bro, the funny thing, it's actually a funny story. So I think I knew the team The team was getting named and um, had a little bit of an inkling that possibly could be named. And from what I've heard, like you, you get phone calls, you get the, you, you see it on TV or anything, but for whatever reason, this wasn't televised and there was no phone call. Yeah. So I thought, oh, well, I've probably missed out. But um, it was actually on the radio. So of all things, my mate, Mitchell Willis, when I was studying with back in Auckland, <laughs> 
he said, bro, congratulations. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? And he goes, oh, bro, you've been selected. Have you not seen it? It's on the radio. And I was like, oh, no, I had no idea. So no, I didn't get a call or anything like that. I got a, got a message from one of my best mates that, um, that I got selected. But I think after that, a couple of hours after that, then manager Shandy gives you a call and goes through the process around that. So that was cool, bro. You know, And then going over to Japan, it was a – yeah, just an awesome experience to see what it's like to, to be in All Black. So, so you get, nah, the little, get the little kit up going on before you went over or little kit yeah, day? We did. Yeah, yeah, we did. We went Before we flew over to Japan, we uh, were at the hotel and uh, by the airport, I think it's the Novotel, and you walk in and everything's there. Like, mm. just got It's got your name on it, BH, and pretty much I had to leave half my stuff in Auckland because there was just too much gear and you only had Fuck. three or four bags that you could take to Japan. So. Yeah, yeah. My brother was the winner of that day, and <laughs> pretty much still got all my stuff. So, um, but yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, like 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 it's been told, and people say when they say around when you get selected for the All Blacks or the gear. So, yep, still winning my wardrobe back home. Bad. Um, you guys, you guys play a bit of golf down there, eh? And down, downtown. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we shoot over yeah, to Queens down a bit. Yeah, we did. We went on our inaugural uh, second our second uh, year. So, yeah. yeah, we have a. Um, so Carl just kind of happened. We just had to have our bye week and just chose a week to go down to Queenstown and pretty lucky that Millbrook and uh, Nugget Point sort out accommodation and, and the golf round and that. So went down there, myself, yeah. Mitchell Drummond, David Harvillian, and Will Jordan, and we uh, just end up having an insides versus outsides battle. So <laughs> it was a, um, yeah, it's a, bit, it's a real competitive weekend, but yeah, it's more so just to put the tools down and be in a beautiful city like, like Queenstown and enjoy each other's company. That's cool, but what's your best round? Best round I've hit is a 77, yeah, in, in Helensville. Yeah, but that's when I was playing, like, every day. Yeah, yeah. You feel now, the difference, bro. eh? Oh, mate, I'm terrible now. I'm lucky to shoot under 85 <laughs> at the moment, so, yeah, terrible, no good. You play a bit yourself or not? Oh, bro, last year. Actually, I saw a couple of Instagrams, actually. Yeah, like, bro, last, last, year we, last year we got right into it, eh? Fuck, like, because we were, when I moved to Hams, um, a couple of us were studying and just training in the morning, training the Arvo for yeah, um, for Waikato. But the rest of the day, we, we were just literally, bro, like six times, six six days a week, we were out it's on the course win, playing. Yeah, but it's now rubbish, I'll be rubbish now too. I haven't been playing much. <laughs> um, well, how does Jill and Davey go? They all good and drummy. So the way I describe it, David Harvilli is like Brooks Kipka. The guy just smokes the ball, like, <laughs> unbelievably. Yeah, the guy could play with a driver and just an eight iron around every single course in New Zealand. So it sounds like his, his goal kicking. Oh, bro, he's just, <laughs> it just in all life he just hits it big. Yeah, yeah. And then Will's, Will's really good. He's a single handicapper. He's hits the ball nice, and when he's playing well, he's he's pretty tough to beat. Um, there's a few uh, curses on the course with Will. He uh, <laughs> wears his heart on the sleeve, and motions come out in forefront. And Drummy's just precise, man. He just tee to green, never really phases him, and he's quite—he's just consistent. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They all go pretty. They've got all their own little um, positives, bro. Mean, bro. Um, I chucked up a Q and A, and we actually got a decent amount of questions. So we'll run through Thanks. that just to finish it off. Let's see, bro. Um, first one was, what's Scott Robertson like as a coach? Scott, oh, he's awesome. His He's unorthodox, that's the way I'd put it, but yeah. it, it, it works. So I think Razor's biggest strength is his ability to, to connect with players on a personal level, whether that be from 1 to 15, 15 to 23, or 23 to 37. So collectively, he's got the ability to, to bring everybody together, 
going towards a goal, which is you know winning games and being better and winning championships, and yep. he does it every single week. So having that ability, I think, as a coach is is pretty important. A lot of coaches that I've had have been able to do that on a consistent basis. Yeah. But then at the same time, you don't want to get on his bad side, man, because yeah, shit, she's a. Uh, She's no good when he's um, when he's all right up and active. So <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't happen often, but, but when it does, yeah, you get a wee little oof, don't don't look him in the eye. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. Nah, but that's what makes him so special. I reckon yeah, the ability yeah. to do both. Cool, bro. Um, your go-to coffee spot, probably down in, in, in Christchurch. Yeah, I probably have to go Little Palms. Little Palms in yeah, Christchurch. Give him a plug. If get, yeah, if you ever get a chance to come down to Christchurch, Little Palms on Fitzgerald, it's um, got a hell of a coffee spot in. It's got some um, some hissing food as well, which is always good. Oh, good. Um, your best yo-yo in Bronco? My best yo-yo was this year, actually. was a 21.4. That was this year. And Jeez. best Bronco is a 424. Yeah, 424. That's quick, Yeah, bro. 424, so, yeah. Is that one down there? Yep. Yeah, it does down there. It's all Jonathan Ruru, though, eh? He runs at like a, a 419, apparently. Bullshit. Yeah, he does, apparently. So, yeah, I, I was absolutely buggered after 424, yeah. so can't how imagine do, it. How do you guys run it? Mean. Like, um, do you run it with the to 22 or is it 204060? 204060. Yeah, we do 204060. Yeah, and when I went down to Wellington, they, they yeah. run it um, in like the Canes and stuff. Well, I'm pretty sure the Canes still do it. Um, to 224060. Oh really? Yeah, it's like oh, you don't think it's much more, but like it adds up, right? Yeah, bro, it adds up. And then it adds up. Why could they? They didn't do that, so. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of anybody doing the um twenty-two. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Um, would you ever move teams? Nah, I don't think I would. Eh? Nah, I don't think I would. I think I, unless I got I got shifted out and, and wasn't wanted, um, and just they went in a different direction then. Possibly a come for had to be a come to decision, but no, I'm pretty comfortable with um being down at the Crusaders. Yeah, me. Uh do you plan on playing overseas at some point? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think um yeah, it's definitely in the, on the cards, I think. For me personally it's it, you know, it's great being in New Zealand and, and love being down here, but um I think once that decision's made where um it's time to go then yeah, I'll definitely be going over, whether it be in Japan or, or Europe, so and I'm looking forward to that as well because uh, it's a great opportunity to grow and mm. to see the other side of the world before you start settling down and coming back home. Yeah, it's the one. Uh, would you would you play for another country? I think if I had ancestry in in that, in that way, like if I had a bit of English or anything like that, then the possibility of doing that could. But uh, mum and dad didn't have any heritage, so they're just Maori and, and European. So <laughs> nah, I don't think I'd I'd be treating any. Yeah, can't uh, can't venture off anywhere else. Just Kiwi boy. What if what if like um because obviously there's like the resident residency rules and stuff. If yeah. You end, if you ended up going overseas, you end up spending a certain amount of time there, and for some reason ABs didn't work out here before you left. Yep. Would you Would you play? Um. Oh, I think I think so. I think yeah, I would. Um. You know, you try if it just didn't happen here, and you end up. Going, you know, I think you go over there to enjoy different experiences, but. If you're in that time zone where you've been over there and they still value you to to play for the national side, and I think if you spend more time in that in that city wherever it is, you I think you get more connection. Yeah, you get more of a connection and understanding what the culture's like in that country. So, mm. yeah, if given opportunity and it happened, then yeah, Maybe. possibly. You're um, 
Netflix series you're hitting at the moment? I just finished. Uh, what did I just finish? I just finished Tiger King. I just saw that this morning. What's it like? It's um, uh, well, it's pretty out the out of the gate, man. Like um, yeah, just very redneck kind of American, <laughs> and a lot of convicts and yeah, wheeling and dealing and um, and obviously how they they treat the tigers as well. So no, it's it's pretty full on and. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of. There's, I won't ruin it for you, bro. There's a lot, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. a lot of stuff going on there, so it's definitely worth a watch. Have you watched Queen of the South? No. What, what's that? I've, I've seen that. Is uh, it worth a watch? Yeah, bro. Yeah, it is. Uh, is my thing still sound normal? Yep. Oh yeah, cool. Um, yeah, bro. Nah, it's mean. It's it's about like a drug cartel, basically the Mexican drug cartels and stuff, and just this oh, yeah. girl that starts from nothing to go to the top. That's that's me. I'll be watching a bit of that. I'm looking for a new once new series as well, so. There's, I think, there's one more, one more season that you have to find online. Okay. Um, oh, I got you. I got you at website, bro. Not me. When once you get there, once you get there, you got to earn your stripes for that. Yeah, that's for the, the one. Um, heading into day three, Super Rugby Championship bender. Who's still bringing the heat? Oh, bro, I reckon. I seriously reckon David Havilio. There's one word to describe David Havili and those setups. It's just relentless, oh. absolutely relentless, bro. I'm 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 maybe a three day man. And I I I got a real good opportunity to bail out the next day. <laughs> Havili, man, he's uh he knows he's on his own level. It's I've a heard guy about you want to get. Yeah, he's a yeah, absolute freak, man. Fitler, good man. Um, your career highlight. question probably two i reckon um would be winning my first first super super title over over in over in johannesburg that was an unbelievable experience that day unbelievable experience and yeah probably going over with the all blacks to japan man what was that like which one the the championship oh man that was unbelievable week bro like yeah they all have their they all they're all different um like your first one for me was just from going to not playing any semi-final football at minor 10 cup level and um super rugby level to go over to seventy thousand people in johannesburg just screaming and booing at you and seriously bro it's like you've got the 23 guys in your in your team yeah. with the management and coaches on the sideline and that's all that you have there oh, um so yes yeah, and I got knocked out in that game as well. So I remember bits and pieces of it, but yeah, um, yeah a surreal experience singing the singing our song and going after the game and um, just being able to be with all the boys and have a couple of beers after, which was always nice. Did you guys cop a bit of stick on the bus in, or we did? Yeah, we did. We um, so we we ended up coming on the motorway, and so in Johannesburg, the motorway is pretty much right next to the stadium. So mm. we ended up driving to the stadium, and then it ended up getting closer and closer cars were parked kind of by the motorway so people were walking out and, and yeah. red yeah. and we came into the stadium and came outside the door people like there was five or six thousand people just waiting there for us jumped outside the the bus and you just heard booze they were just all booing you uh-huh. so oh, yeah, we were all just motivated because you know what an unbelievable experience to to go over there where it's never been done to win in South Africa so yeah pretty surreal and one that I'll never that I'll never forget. Did you go out over there after it? So I was concussed. So oh, no. obviously loving being to celebrate, bro, and 
would you know you know you go through a hard season and it's a great time to spend with the boys and just put your hair down oh, and man. I was in I was in my room blinds shut and just like having headaches and stuff so they all partied downstairs and yeah I was just up in the room not being able to to do anything so but though I, I um the second the second final bro I definitely uh, <laughs> I definitely made up for it, made in, up for it. in Christchurch good stuff um who's who's the best halfback to play the game in New Zealand I'd say that means all time all that um, all time and now I'd probably be Nuggy yeah. like Aaron Smith he's um he's revolutionised the mm. the game and you know I can't imagine too many halfbacks that have been able to do that not in New Zealand but just in the world so you know whenever I get a chance to play Nuggy it's always a um it's always an occasion that I really enjoy because he's the best in the world so yeah definitely be Nuggy me um north shore or christchurch north shore bro <laughs> you can't get away from those coffees bro they're too good over the shore man <laughs> too good uh how was transition from school to pro footy good question man um i think it's a it's a process i reckon it's but i think it's one that you really enjoy so i was i was really fortunate to to go through the academy and then play a year at club rugby so I played prems at Pukadonga in, in Auckland my first year out. And, yeah, we had an awesome team like Malakai Fikita, Charles Piatel, and a couple of the Blues boys were there. So I think it was just really good because you come from school and I think, you know, you're playing against boys, but, you know, you're 18 and you're, you're bigger, stronger than most, most kids in, in that grade. And then you go to senior footy and you've just got guys that are 30, 35, mm. working and mm. have a different perspective on life. So, yeah. I think I really enjoy. I think my my very first game I played against um, Waitakere and Officer Tunu'u was yeah. the halfback. Oh yeah, yeah. I played against him and he just did these little tricks here and there and got me a couple of times and it kind of just opened my eyes. I was like, oh man, this is what you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you, you know when you're at school, you know you kind of figure it out and younger fellas are coming up to you to try and to try and put you off your game, but you've seen it all. So yeah, for me it was a great experience to just learn and um, and just really embrace what it was for club footy and then. I think, yeah, you slowly get into the, the professional ranks after that. Bro, the, the biggest thing I could think of when you just said that was when I first went down to Wally's um, yeah. and I spent a couple of weeks my first year down there with the Canes and learning off TJ. Mm. And obviously coming from school, you think like, oh, you think you know the game and then yeah. you learn off someone like that and you're like, yeah. like, he was, like he's talking about um, when he gets to the back of the... Um, scrum and I was on the fence and he, he sort of like just a little thing like looking blindside to make me think is he going to go yeah. there and it gives you that slight second where yeah. he just comes off at me and it gives him that quick little advantage just yeah, from using his eyes like yeah. that sort of shit you don't see at, at school eh? you don't sort of realise 100% and I think um, that's like yeah like you said you're fortunate with having TJ and even like guys like now when I come back to Harbour and like Lewis Joltima who spend a lot mm. of time with and you know I get real satisfaction seeing those boys because I think you get to a stage when you're younger and you're a sponge and you want to learn and you've got the ability to learn but I think once you get to a certain age and you've experienced that and you're the older statesman it's your kind of your time now to, to mm. bring the boys up and experience them what so what Paddy did for me and what Jimmy did for me so but yeah it's it's, bright, bright. it's like it's just little manipulation things here and there that it's all it takes to especially in super rugby if mm. it's a look or it's a it's a step that way or it's just something it's um could be the difference between a move working or, or not working mm. yeah very hard um 
what is your black up black up backup plan for life after footy? It's a good question. I think um, definitely in the me- in the media game, bro. So um, definitely going in the media game. But then I, I definitely the the longer I've played, the more enjoyment I'm getting out of actually coaching. So mm-hmm. I can love seeing guys' growth and seeing them get better, and I get a real satisfaction out of that. So. I think it'll definitely be in, in the coaching ranks. I'd like to think so. Um, but I've just got some other things on the other side. But I'd probably think those would be the two things that I'd... Those would be the two things I'd probably go down with, so... Yeah, you, so you're into, like, yeah. the media sort of stuff. I saw a couple of things of you um, doing some interviews and stuff at the All Blacks trading and things. Yeah. You, you into that? Like, you like... Uh, what is it? You like sort of talking for, you oh, like, think, journal, um, journalism or something? Um, I, I wanted to do it when I was at school. So I wanted to, um, so I did a lot of debating and speeches when I was younger at school and um, just really enjoyed the aspect of it. So, it's a um, big thing to do at school, debating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is, bro. So I did that and then um, and then was just given an opportunity through our resources to play rugby to, to go on shows here and there, do a bit of radio. And so um, I, I do enjoy it. I think the fact that it's about sport as well. Mm. Um, I'd love to go into sports journalism uh, realm because – I'm really passionate about sport, not just rugby, but um, every single sport you could think of. Uh, mm. I love it, I love it. So, um, yeah, got a real feel for it and, and I like it. So, just have to wait and see, brother. Have to hope maybe get a podcast like yourself and <laughs> tip away on that, on that scene, bro. <laughs> yeah, that'd be mean, bro. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you find the grip socks you wear in games helpful make a difference? Oh, do you wear yeah. grip socks? Uh, yeah, I do. True socks. Yeah, they're true socks. So. Oh, yeah. You just ship them online. You can um, you get them from online. I reckon they're, yeah, they're massive for me. Yeah. They're not good for our um, our team managers, though they hate them because I've got to go through about twenty pairs of socks every year. So, uh, um, but yeah, I think they do. Yeah. They just I don't know for whatever reason they just got real grippy and my boots don't slide. You know, sometimes you can yeah. get some bad socks where if you're kicking or you're passing and you just don't feel comfortable, mm. it um, slips around a little bit. So yeah, I've got a couple of pairs at home that I've got. So yeah, definitely try to wear them as much as I can. Man. I might give those a crack, eh? Yeah, they're me, bro. 100%, 100% recommended. 100%. Um, who was the best... This is obviously pointed at you from someone. Who was the best forward in your New Zealand schools team? See if you can take a guess. Best forward in my New Zealand schools team? Someone that would say something like that, too. Oh, I'm assuming he was in your New Zealand schools team. Best forward in my New Zealand schools team. Eight, seven, six. Oh, but I'd probably have to say, like... Michael Fats, man. He oh, was, Fats in yeah, your school's team. Yeah, Fats was in my school. Yeah, we played together at school side. So he was he was just so big. Yeah. Like, just, dom- just dominated people. So, yeah. Who was it, though? Who asked that? Toops. Oh, Toops. <laughs> 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 oh, <boy>. nah. <laughs> He's a good man, bro. I've got a lot of time for Toops, so he's a man. Yeah, yeah. But I, I played club with him down in Wellies, and I didn't even know that he had played um, like in RL and that. I didn't even know. Oh. Bro, he was like, so we played schools, we played Aussies, mm. and he was he got like player today. He was like, absolutely like unbelievable, like one of the best sixes I've ever seen in my career. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to hype you up either, teams, <laughs> but you went all right, mate. You went all right. You went to league and you're a shadow man of yourself. But he was man. He was definitely good back in the day. Like he's gonna play this one on speaker at home and be like, oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> um, now that's it, bro. Shit, there was a few questions there, but um. No, I just wish you all the best for the rest of the year, bro. Hopefully this um this shit gets over with mm. um sooner rather than later. Uh do you just wanna quickly give yourself a plug where people can find you and stuff? 
Yeah, bro. Um, no, thanks for having me, bro. I've seen um, seen you do a lot of this um, these podcasts, but I really enjoyed them. So thanks for having me on. Um, no, handle's just BrynH79, um, BrynHall79. So give us a follow, and that's pretty much it, bro. Thanks for having me. Awesome, brother. My, my man. Later, boy. Later.